Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Gwen. And this is Tea and Squee. This is the podcast where we spill the tea about the things that make us... This is the podcast where we spill the tea about the things that make us squee. And today, I'm sick. And we're just really doing our best work. We are struggling through... This week has been oh. a fucking time and a half. It was my last week at my current job, and Gwen's sick, and sick. allergy I'm... season is upon us. Ragweed, yeah. high as fuck right now. I make no promises about the audio quality of this recording. <laughs> Reason number one being I sound the way I sound. Reason number two being I refused to not sit on the couch for this so i'm in a much bigger and much more echoey room Ooh. today uh so i make no promises you're gonna get what you're gonna get don't throw a um, fit i'm i'm here we are here <laughs> we me are and, here me and my orange juice and my robitussin and yes. my and my ricola oh you are stocked I need to restock on my Ricolas because I ran out when I had COVID and I just need them now that I'm starting a musical again. Like, my throat, she needs the, the you know, I've also got my Squishmallow. He's one of many. He is a Yay. raccoon wearing a nightcap and his <sighs> name is Maxwell. Um, he has been keeping me company while I have been an invalid on the couch for the Amazing. last two days. Anyway, to Today, we're talking about the guy who didn't like musicals. Whoa! This is a Star Kid musical. This is the second Star Kid musical we're talking about on the pod, but it mm -hmm. is the 11th show by Star yes. Kid Productions and the first of their Hatchetfield Ooh. series. So, this musical is a horror comedy musical that features music and lyrics by Jeff Blim and a book by Nick and Matt. Lang. Alyssa, do you want to talk us through the cast? Yes, I can. I'm just going to read it here. All right, we have John Madison as Paul, who is like our main central dude. We have Lauren Lopez as Emma, our main girl, and she also plays a couple other like small roles scattered throughout. Yeah. We have Joey Richter as Ted. I think he and has like ensemble roles. And ensemble roles. <laughs> Everyone except for John Madison plays additional ensemble yes. roles in addition to the named roles that are listed. Yes. I might butcher some of these last names. I officially apologize if I do. Jamie Lee Betty? Beatty? I don't know if it's Beatty or Beatty. Beatty? Jamie Lee... Oh my god. Jamie Lynn Beatty as Charlotte Nora Deb Ensemble. Corey Doris as Bill Ensemble. Robert Mannion as Professor Hitchens, Ensemble. Mariah Rose Faith Casillas as Alice Zoe, Ensemble. And then we have Jeff Blim as Sam, General Ma McNamara, Mr. Davidson, Ensemble. <laughs> so we've got a uh, general ensemble cast, uh, and ensemble I will say cast. before we even get started, this is one of the strongest, like all Star Kid casts are strong, mm -hmm. but this cast just, there's something oh, in it. Their comedic you know? timing is something else. It's, it's so good. Perfect. Why well, love their ensemble, like, casting ways. This is like, put this in the theater. This is an ensemble show right here if you want an example. <laughs> I am so here for it. 
Let's uh, and go. <laughs> what's great about this show is it truly is an ensemble show. And one of the ways that it is is mm-hmm. that it starts off with a big ensemble opening yes. number. Um, so our opening number is titled The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals, just like the show is titled. <laughs> it's sung by every the entire ensemble minus Paul. So Paul isn't there mm-hmm. because the song is about him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think that this number is a great example of a classic show starter. Starkid shows and Jeff Blim shows in particular mm-hmm. uh, are great at util- utilizing these. Uh, they use one in Trail to Oregon, for example. Ooh, yes. um, but this gives the same sort of vibes as like The Lightning Thief or 13 mm-hmm. or like lots of contemporary ensemble musicals mm-hmm. where it introduces us to key characters of the show by using the ensemble as a sort of Greek chorus. Yep. You know? Yeah. That is exactly the vibe. I think that's why I like this number so much. Like, it's just, it's a really great opening number. It's fun. It's a little peppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, really solid, like, classic musical-styled number. Um, and my favorite part of the song is when they, and we'll get into this later, like, the, they are a little miffed that Paul doesn't join them. And they say, what an ass, what a bitch, what a cock, with cock being a sustained note. Mm-hmm. They and just keep going up and up and up melodically. It's amazing. And I <laughs> giggle every single time because you're like, perfect. I know exactly mm-hmm. what kind of brand of comedy we are getting from the get-go. Right, exactly. The The thing about the lyrics throughout the show, and this is just a Jeff Blim standard when he writes mm-hmm. for Starkid, his songs are hilarious, but every once in a while you'll get a lyric that's just really not it. Uh, and this, <laughs> this song is a really good representation of both some of his best comedic work and some of his weirdest lyrical like he's just trying to make a lyric work kind of thing you know um so one that bugs me every time i listen to this song is quote he pines after a cute little barista isn't that worth a show-stopping fiesta yeah Boo. <laughs> but the comedy of this song is some of their best work. Like in the middle of the song, they just all, uh, they're like, here he is. His name is Paul. Enter now. Sustained note. Everyone goes silent, looks to the back of the theater, and they're all just frozen there in silence. And Jeff Blim looks at Corey Doris and goes, where the fuck is he? And Corey goes, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> shrugs the guy just doesn't like musicals and it's so it's so funny it's so well done and the the choreography for this show is superior in comparison to a lot of other star kids shows and you see that right off the bat in this opening number shout out to james tolbert for the choreography he was their choreographer uh and then lauren lopez did additional choreography Mm -hmm. as well for the show uh and she and robert Mannion, who plays higgins are showcased as featured dancers throughout the show and it's great because they are incredible dancers and they Mm -hmm. finally have choreography in a star kid show that's allowing them to show it off oh i love when they get to show off it makes me so happy because i'm like Mm -hmm. look at them they're so fucking talented i just want to watch them dance all the time (laughs) (laughs) so uh the ensemble leaves the stage after the show or after the song 
uh, revealing a very normal, very boring-looking office where we meet Paul, the mild-mannered office employee, and his co-workers Bill, Charlotte, and Ted. We learn very quickly that Charlotte has a poor relationship with her husband Sam, who is the chief of police. Um, she has a co- phone conversation with him <laughs> where he cancels their plans for that night, and she says, quote, But sweetheart, it's cuddle night. The counselor says we should do it at least once a month. <laughs> like the poor girl <laughs> we'll talk more about this later but yeah. i th- the book for this show is it's just so funny. yeah so you'll you'll hear me just quoting quoting the characters all the time throughout this uh bill has an estranged relationship with his teenage daughter alice uh bill is paul's i'd say best work friend and then later yeah. in the musical paul refers to him as his best friend um, but Bill has an estranged relationship with his teenage daughter, Alice, and he's got tickets to take her and her girlfriend to see Mamma Mia at mm-hmm. the Starlight Theater that evening. This is where we learn that Paul hates musicals. He says, <laughs> quote, Bill, I'd rather do anything than go see Mamma Mia. The idea of being trapped in a musical, that is my personal hell. <laughs> this show is great at being meta. It um, really is. <laughs> I love all, like, the whenever him or Emma makes, like, a cryptic comment about, like, not wanting to be in a musical i just i giggle because i'm like this is so clever what a great setup and then you meet ted who is the office creep uh and he asks paul if he is going to beanies the independent coffee shop down the street so that he can get a look at the latte hot day (laughs) (laughs) ted is the worst but i love he's like i love it my favorite character so funny (laughs) every single line amazing joey oh prime joey richter is a 10 out of 10 in this show and in every show he does but like there's something something's in the water for this one it's true ted just hits different in this Mm -hmm. show so at beanies we meet emma the barista who is annoyed by people expecting her to sing because they tip her which is a new workplace policy blah 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 (laughs) but she and paul strike up a conversation and she takes a general liking to him um paul tips well and is as cynical as she is and so they're like oh hey i see you this is, this is cool um but then on the street paul runs into a woman who works for greenpeace and he lies about already donating with them he gets called the fuck out but is interrupted when there's a crack of lightning and he and the greenpeace girl look to the sky asking what is that and i just want to i want to pause here yeah. uh to say that the sound design in this production is freaking amazing it really is like uh they really because the, the set design is very much just like a blank stage they bring in like individual furniture pieces to sort of mm-hmm. allude to where they are but then they have this great sound design done where your location is so clearly depicted by the sounds that are playing you get a ding of the mm-hmm. bell Every time you enter Beanies, um, this entire scene where he's on the street with Greenpeace Girl, you can hear traffic continuously in the background. It's just very well done, and I really appreciate the ambiance that it adds to the show. I agree. Great job, Tech. So then we get our next song, La Di Da Da Day. Uh, so the morning following the storm, Paul notices that everyone has a special skip in their step, including Greenpeace Girl, who now accosts him with a loudly belted song about how beautiful the day is and how he, too, can feel this way with a song in his heart. Quote, do you want to save the planet? There's just one way you can do it by singing a song, singing along. 
Uh, this song, like the opening number, features some stellar dancing by Robin Lauren and an exquisite performance by Joey Richter as the homeless man who sings the second verse. It's so good. It's so <laughs> I love this song. It slaps. It's so fucking catchy. Like, that's definitely the point, but I fucking love every second. Like, I'm always singing along or I'm bopping my head. Like, I was folding laundry while I was playing. And I was like, la di da I would be an alien if I was in this musical. Like, <laughs> just no fucking doubt about it. <laughs> uh, back at the office, Paul is distressed, and Charlotte reveals that Sam was also singing that song in the shower that morning. Everyone's upset by the freak storm, and Ted is upset that Paul didn't get a video of the flash mob he saw on the street. Quote, you're fucking useless, Paul. <laughs> And then Paul gets called into his boss's office for the next song. Alyssa, do you want to do you want to talk about this one? I yes. Um. So it's the song is called "What Do You Want, Paul?" and Paul is basically being serenaded by his boss about what Paul's wants are, and then Paul's boss also discusses his wants during the song, and they're quite graphic. Um. Mm-hmm. But it's the epitome of Jeff Blim being Jeff Blim because it's a chaotic masterpiece. It's a chaotic masterpiece. Like, I, I have to imagine that he wrote this song knowing that he was going to be Mr. Robinson and oh, said, absolutely. how fucking unhinged can I write this character to yep. be? Because I know that I will go hard. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he definitely, like, self-casted either prior or after after he wrote the song he's like this mm-hmm. is for me this is everything yeah. i want to be doing right now <laughs> our friends from college like this song in particular we quote a lot i think because mm-hmm. it's the objective song yeah. what do you want paul what's your deepest intent paul what do you want paul and what's then... your one concrete goal that motivates <laughs> all your actions it's how's anyone supposed song. to sympathize with you paul <laughs> We want to know what you want. Yeah, the song's a fucking chaos cluster, but I really love it. It's so aggressive, this part two. We go straight from what do you want, Paul, into cup of roasted coffee. Paul races from his office to Beanie's, where he confronts Emma, who thinks he's just gone nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, Because he just keeps talking about everyone singing. Think of the implications, Emma. <laughs> Are you frightened? And she's like, um, yeah, I'd say so. But then someone tips, and so she and her coworkers have to launch into a song and dance number. But then her coworkers go off script, and Emma discovers that they have put something into the coffee, causing everyone in the shop to sing and dance and try to attack her and Paul. Okay. I have no thoughts, head yeah. empty on this one. Like, th- the reprise after they have turned evil is better than the original. Mm-hmm. It's written to be a jaunty little jingle, and it yeah. delivers on that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, they, like, definitely, did they poison the coffee and then put the blue goop in? Or did they put the blue goop in and that poisoned people? I don't know. Yeah. Because then through the rest of the show... It's like you have to kill someone. You have to kill someone and then take over their body. Yeah. So I'm like, I, did they also poison the coffee with the blue, and and then also add in the blue goop? I so don't like, no, maybe that's my guess because I was just thinking about that. I was like, wait a second, this is like the one scene where it's like, but also, different. but also at the end of the show when Paul goes mm. to the source, 
he's yeah. not dead and it starts affecting him. So I kind True. of wonder if as long as you come in contact with it, it oh, works. Oh, yeah. Like okay. it, it'll kill you and take over your body regardless. Yeah. They just get more aggressive with the way they do it as we yeah. progress through the show. Okay. I think so. Yeah. That checks out. I was just like, huh, I'm wondering about that. Also, like, I, I like this song. I love a good tight harmony. The evil reprise hits different and is super creepy. That's a lot of my commentary on the songs in the show is, like, they're creepy and I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, following that scene at the coffee shop, Paul and Emma wander through an alleyway. The alleyway is the audience. <laughs> they literally are climbing over the tops of people's laps. They're like, who lines about- an alleyway with, like, bushes or something as they're, yeah. like... <laughs> Knocking between people's knees. Um, but then they find themselves by some trash cans where they are jump scared by Paul's co-workers who have also fled to the streets. Um, I believe Bill says, Mr. Davidson kept calling people into his office and they all came out singing. Um, and they don't really have time to discuss this before Sam, Charlotte's police chief husband, shows up and he and his buddies sing a song called Show Me Your Hands. Um... The the song ends with Ted hitting Sam over the head with a trash can lid, revealing his now blue brain. So uh, a few things about this song. Uh, so th- the song is basically Sam and his buddies being like, I'm a cop. Do what I say. Yeah. I want you to show me your jazz hands because <laughs> they've been infected by whatever this this like singing bug is. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and this song is actually a pretty well done commentary on like police brutality mm-hmm. or if not police brutality, just like the the way that um, like the power trip of, yeah. of American police force. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. That's why I was thinking. Um, like it, it's less about the, the brutality and more about the, the way that it's a power trip kind of yeah. a position. Uh, quote, you better empty out all your pockets, but don't empty out all of your pockets because we're cops. Yeah, we're cops and we make sense. <laughs> we're cops. Yeah, we're cops. We're up in your shit. shit. Um, but uh, the, the tight harmonies, mm-hmm. Robert's popping and locking yes. and the wrapped bridge make this song a strong contender for my favorite song in this show. It really is such a great song and something I like about this and like a couple other moments in the show is like it's very steeped in like the 2016 culture and so it's like not really afraid to comment on the trump election and p- police brutality like those are actually a big parts and factors of the show itself which mm-hmm. i vibe with i like how they they have like i'm not gonna ignore this i'm gonna like integrate mm-hmm. it in which i yeah works mm-hmm. for the sh- type of show for the genre of show they're doing because most sci-fi is some sort of social commentary. Mm-hmm. And so for them to make their sci-fi show have that commentary about the American police system, about Trumpism, stuff like that, yeah. makes sense yes. and does well. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's not just like theater being political for the sake of being political. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a parody of sci-fi movies and that sort of genre. Mm-hmm. Let's integrate this in there too. And it's I also, also specifically the... a parody of a hive mind sci-fi. Yeah. So it does it like all of the things that they're making commentary on are things that fit well into a hive mind commentary, which works well. I also love the wee woos of the siren noises at the very end of the song. 
Yeah, it makes me like keel over with laughter. Chef's <laughs> kiss. This song is very good. Uh, after Bill hits Sam over the head with a trash can <laughs> lid, they haul ass to the home of Professor Higgins, who is Emma's zany biology professor and an apocalypse prepper. Uh, he lets them in with the help of his Alexa, his one true companion, <laughs> who he has come to love as much as any human woman. <laughs> Um, uh, he has theorized this exact scenario that everyone would be singing and dancing uncontrollably due to some alien pathogen. He mm -hmm. thinks that the meteor that fell to the earth the night before carried it, and now it's going to completely, like, take over everyone uh, in Hatchetfield and then the world. Professor Hitchens. <laughs> He's so good. He... I don't want to say he makes the show but because like, I genuinely think that everyone in this cast has these moments where it's just like, you make the show. And then two minutes later, I'm like, no, this person makes mm -hmm. the show. But I'd argue that Professor Higgins is one of the most iconic Starkid characters, yes. especially for current Starkid fans mm -hmm. um, or for people who joined the fandom a little later. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Because I'm, I'm one of those people and like... When I watched this musical, he stuck out stuck out the most for me, and it was easiest for me to relate to all you guys who are Star Kid fans for much longer <laughs> with Professor Hitchens. And I was like, "Oh, cool! He's the best. He left no fucking crumbs." Also, like, it's my favorite part of the show is like mm -hmm. him, and then his eventual like solo number later on in the show is my favorite song. So then we get the song "You Tied Up My Heart." which is sung by Sam, who is possessed by the alien pathogen and tied up by the gang. He wakes up and sings a heartfelt ballad to Charlotte, convincing her to untie him. Um, and the scene previous to this, which is just a little tiny scene between Charlotte and Ted, is one of my favorites in the whole show. <laughs> um, Joey really is just stealing the show as he Ted. Really he has two absolutely amazing quotes in this, like, maybe... 90 second scene mm -hmm. he says quote if i'm gonna die i'm gonna go out doing what i love most screwing around with another man's wife <laughs> and then he also says charlotte this guy's a scumbag you could upgrade to a sleaze ball oh indicating himself <laughs> it's so well written and joey has such incredible delivery of every mm -hmm. single line he says i love it i love it i love it's it so good but You Tied Up My Heart, this song, is probably my least uh, favorite yeah. song in the show. Like, I understand that it's a parody of sci-fi uh, sci movies and also of musicals, and so the last-ditch romantic reconciliation song is necessary, but it's it's just it's not a jam. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Like, parts of it are funny, but it's arguably the least hilarious song yeah. in the show. Um, but I do love the lyric, all the booze and the harlots and all the charlots, implying that there have been more than one additional charlotte that he screwed around oh, with. Oh, no. I just, <laughs> the whole song and everything with Charlotte's character, I'm like, damn, girl cannot catch a break. She, ugh, poor girl. I also don't, the song is like, meh. I get, like, they need the song for, like, the parody and the trope they're doing, I don't like it. I mean, I love how absolutely insane Jeff is and how totally mm -hmm. creepy 
the aliens come across as but like at by that end of the song i'm like okay, okay can we get back with the rest of the gang like i'm i'm done let's keep it's just moving the, the, the energy isn't at the same level as all yeah. of the other songs in the show yeah that was my thing this show and some other star kids shows are very long um this one just feels very long for me because there's yeah. a little there's a lot of like in between the scenes like when we were like moving along to like the next plot point mm-hmm. and sometimes it gets a little draggy like Argu- this is one of those moments for me but this one arguably this show actually is one of the shortest star kid shows i did notice that when i watched it today i was like i don't know it feels longer than it actually is mm-hmm. yeah that's on me though that's because of my own personal <laughs> opinions of the music <laughs> i'm sure uh, so this song ends with alien sam ripping out charlotte's guts and then we fade Yay. to black um, I will say that the practical effects in this show are done incredibly well. Yes. Shout out to their costume designer, June Saito, and their scenic designer, um, Corey Lubowicz, who I assume also handled props. Um, mm-hmm. But the guts coming out of Charlotte's sweater and the blood capsules that are used by multiple cast members uh, throughout the show to make it look like they're coughing up blood. Like, all all of the practical effects in this show are really well utilized and designed. Um, and, like, I, I don't... if they weren't there, I wouldn't miss them, but I mm-hmm. genuinely appreciate their inclusion. Does but that they, make sense? Yeah, yeah, because they, they, like, add a little something-something extra to all of it. Like, I like mm-hmm. the little touch of gore that they add to it. I also, yeah. like, they do a really good job in, like, the blue alien goop and making mm-hmm. that look, like, really cool and stick out. Like, Charlotte's, like, transformation from getting her guts ripped out to, like, the next section that we're about to talk about. Like, 10 mm-hmm. out of 10, it looks so cool. So then in Higgins' basement, the boys are getting into a fight. Bill's worried and Ted is baiting him. Um, We get one of the most iconic quotes in the show said by Bill to Ted, quote, I'm going to kick your head. Uh, Emma then confides in Paul about her trauma and how she feels like a screw up because her sister was so organized before her untimely death at a young age. And she is now studying botany so she can start a pot farm because, quote, pot is the future. Listen, I don't get why we get so much of Emma's backstory. I don't understand Mm -hmm. why it is this, like, you know, intimate, important scene in this show. Maybe I'm dense and I just don't understand, like, how, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not getting it. No, like... I feel the same way, though. Like, I know the tragic backstory can be a common trope with, like, the heroine or, like, the final woman in, like, Mm -hmm. horror movies. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. if that's the only reason you're adding it, though, I don't vibe with that because, like, I agree with Mm -hmm. that. Like, I like Emma's character because I like Lauren Lopez (laughs) and she's a great actor and she does a good job with, like, Emma's backstory and Mm -hmm. what she was given, I guess. It's... One of those situations where, so all of the characters get fleshed out in one way or another, all the minor characters Mm do. Um, We get to see some really great development of Bill in just a little bit here. We get to see Ted change a little bit throughout the show. Um, And we get development of all of the minor characters, but then we also need development from our two Mm -hmm. main characters, Emma and Paul. And we see Paul's development throughout the show, right? Because yeah. he's he's our protagonist. 
Mm -hmm. This feels like they said, oh, we need to give Emma some character development because all of our minor characters are so well fleshed out. Yeah. And then they wrote her this long monologue, which is arguably... It's not a weak monologue, no. but of all the character monologues, it is arguably the weakest. Yeah. And you you give her this driving force of her, you know, feeling like a screw-up and just wanting to do something right and not wanting to die in Hatchet Field. And I, I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that is not... Her tragic backstory is not what's making me root for her to get to the end. I'm no. just rooting for anyone to get to the end. Yeah. Like, it's like a zombie apocalypse movie where I'm like, please, can somebody please survive this? I don't care which one of y'all survive. I just need somebody to make it to the end and get out. So, mm -hmm. like, I, and I guess I'm, maybe yeah. the payoff is greater, supposed to be greater than when at the end of the show, she's the one who makes it out. You know, yeah. that it's like, look, she finally did something right. She's not a screw up. She's not going to die in Hatchet Field. But, like, we actively don't see her screwing up during the show. So, like, I can't make that, like, oh, she finally didn't screw something up. Right. Because exactly. it was supposed to happen off stage. So, like, we've the impact only, isn't. <laughs> we've only known her as a competent character who yeah. has her head on straight. If she so. had been, like, if she had, like, a silly moment, not silly, but, like, if she, like, mildly screwed something up that, like, resulted in another character's death, and then she right. made it out alive at the end, that would have maybe, like, made me have a different opinion, I think, maybe, mm -hmm. of, like, her character development. Be like, oh, see, she did do it. But, no. It's, like, I don't know. I just like this character so much more than, like, Paul and Emma in this show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're so mm -hmm. much more interesting to me. So then we get Join Us and Die, our next musical <laughs> number, in which Alien Charlotte and Sam come bursting in with a fucking lit rock it's number so about joining their alien colony. It'll only cost your life. <laughs> um, I love watching Jamie Lynn Beatty belt her face yes. off and give some edge to her performance. Mm -hmm. Like she's she's so often cast as the sweeter innocent character, yeah. and she does that so well. She does. So so well. Um, but I like a number where we're getting to see her be so sinister. I'm yes. enjoying that. I'm so used to seeing, listening to her like mixed voice too, her mixed soprano voice. So mm -hmm. I love seeing her do a rock bell. It's so different yeah. than what I usually hear from her. And I'm like, fuck yes. Love the creepy, creepy, crawly alien vibes of the song. It's such a fucking jam. I'm like, I don't want to die, but like they're having a great time. This is great. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> The song ends with Higgins entering and shooting both Sam and Charlotte with a shotgun. Um, the other characters turn to him in shock and say, you shot her! And he, you, you killed Charlotte! You shot her! And he goes, I shot a charlatan! <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So well done. So anyway, Higgins reveals that the aliens are infesting the bodies of the humans they kill to lure in more victims, and he tests the others by making them sing the beginning of Moana. <laughs> it's, it's garbage, so and it's great. <laughs> I also forgot that part was in there, and I was like, and then once again, I was sing like, Sing the beginning of Moana! Moana. <laughs> they do their little dances. And this musical, I don't... I'm just... My guess is it came out in 2016. If it didn't, it's just... It's very, like reminiscent of everything going on 
in 2016 where we had moana being like the tits yeah and like all the other stuff that's that we've discussed already i'm like damn this is just very hello 2016 i haven't yeah. seen you in a while so this show came out in 2018 oh, okay um but yeah it's like a time capsule it, it legit feels like a time capsule of 2018 um <laughs> like the, the late 20 teens i'm like hello nice to see you again i forgot about you mm -hmm. so bill gets a call from his daughter asking him to come and get her because her girlfriend is singing uh he decides i'm gonna go get my daughter she's the only thing that matters to me in this world and paul agrees to join him on his rescue mission emma agrees to help Higgins study the blue shit <laughs> This is arguably the most moving part of this mm -hmm. whole show is, like, this scene, but Bill's entire storyline. Yes. His relationship with Alice and Corey's performance of Bill is absolutely mm -hmm. heartbreaking. He is my favorite character, and we don't really get a lot of time with him, but, like, what we do get from him is so heartbreaking. I feel so bad for him, and, like, at this section, like, he's trying so hard, he knows he's doomed. Like, Ted makes that comment that he's like, your daughter's dead, and he's like, well, I have to, like, you know, I have to try, even though mm -hmm. I, I might die along with her. Like, I know there's a very high chance that I'm not gonna make it out of there, but I at least have to give it, you know, an effort. I'm like, Bill! And it also gives us character development of Paul in this moment, mm -hmm. too, because up until this point, we had seen him be very, like, you know, just, you know, he's he's an every white man kind of character, yeah. and he's purposefully written that way. But this is one of those situations where, like, Bill had made reference earlier in the show to Paul having a relationship with his daughter, like, being like, oh, Uncle Paul kind of thing, and mm -hmm. them being close friends. But in this moment, we really see Paul go, no, I'm going to lay my life on the line for you, my friend, and your daughter, mm -hmm. because I care about both of you, and Alice is worth saving. And it really, like, it, it's, we've been enjoying hanging out with Paul and following him because he's funny and he's, mm -hmm. he's, he's fun to watch. But this is, like, Paul stepping up and being the hero mm -hmm. of the story, you know? Yep, I, see. I agree with that. As Paul is leaving, Emma grabs him and is like, Paul, if they get you, they're gonna make you sing, so don't you fucking let them. And Paul says, <laughs> quote, Emma... There comes a time in every man's life where he has to draw a line in the sand. And I will never be in a fucking musical. End of act one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so act two opens with a number called Not Your Seed. Oh, I love the song. Um, Alice has been taken by the musical Body Snatchers and sings one of the best character songs in the show detailing the pain that she feels about Bill never having really been there for her the way she needed. This scene is another one where we get a stellar monologue, mm -hmm. this time from Bill. The Lang brothers really outdid themselves with the book on this I show. Really did. Like, I I, I... I don't know why this show is not higher on my list of Star Kid shows, because the book is so, 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 mm -hmm. so good. Like, Bill does I, yeah, this whole yeah. heart-wrenching monologue about how much he loves his daughter and how he feels like a disappointment to her, but also it's laced with comedy. Um, mm -hmm. Like, and now I'm defending Grace Chastity, of all people. Like, it's <sighs> it's so funny, but it like just tugs at your heartstrings so well. Mm -hmm. It's so well-crafted, and I just it, it's done really well. Corey delivers it great, and it's mm -hmm. written spectacularly. 
It really is. This whole little section hurts every single time I watch it. It's a great way to start off act two. Mm-hmm. I love this song. And we really don't know much about Alice besides what we hear about her from Bill and about her crappy-ass girlfriend. Um, so I love that the song's selling us, like, the remnants of that girl who was taken by the aliens, and this is how we discover who Alice really is. Mm-hmm. Mariah Rose Faith is so fucking talented. Like, she kills the song. Knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten. So this number ends with Bill being killed, and then oh. the aliens confess that they are determined to get a hold of Paul. And then the army shows up, chases off the aliens, and knocks Paul out. Back at the lab, Higgins theorizes that maybe the singing pathogen could achieve world peace because of the carefree nature of song and dance. And Emma wonders how to destroy it. And then Higgins betrays her by injecting her with a large syringe, knocking her unconscious. Uh, But then across Hatchet Field, Paul wakes up accompanied by General McNamara, whose unit was sent to wipe out hatchet fields so that the pathogen would not spread. McNamara reveals that he's going to bend the rules because he believes in the love and resilience of the human heart. And if Paul can stay alive until 11 p.m. and save Emma, there is a seat on McNamara's escape chopper for each of them. Uh, some some amazing quotes from this section because comedically this is one of the best scenes in the whole show. Um, some, some quotes from General McNamara, quote, Wear a watch. Time is a precious thread in the fabric of the universe. It deserves its own tool of measurement. (laughs) Uh, He then asks Paul, do you like coffee, son? Paul answers, yes, sir. Do you like musicals? No, sir. Now that's a goddamn red-blooded American. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I love McNamara. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jeff Blim. Then we get show-stopping number... Emma and Ted wake up, tied up by Higgins, who disables the fence to let the aliens in. He says, quote, the world was already doomed, but not by them, by us. Uh, He then reveals that in his years of isolation, he has been writing his own musical called Workin' Boys, and he performs for them the opening number. (laughs) I love this song so much. This... It could be the nostalgia attached to it from our college yes. theater friend group. That's yes. probably what it is. But I find this song absolutely hilarious and so well done. Mm-hmm. The, the thing about this song is that this song is a comedy number that's played for comedy. It's mm-hmm. a meta song in a musical about musicals, right? Yeah. And it's, it, 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 it's widely regarded as the most iconic song in the show. Like, we, we had the friend in college who knew the whole dance and song monologue mm-hmm. by heart. Um, and it's hilarious. And Rob kills it. And Joey is an absolute <laughs> monster in the background. He's killing it as a background actor in this scene. But this is another song, just like uh, Tied Up My Heart, that I think goes on for too long. Yeah, it is a little long. Because we have the whole first section, and then we have the, the like, the... Working boys, we're yeah. up to our ass and ass shit. shit. And <laughs> ring, ring, the phone rings. I answer it. It's it's just a long song. It is a very long song. I love it, but, yeah. It could have mm. maybe been, like, trimmed, like, a little bit in the middle. <laughs> 
Anyway, in the end, Paul arrives to save Emma and Ted, and then Higgins is killed by the aliens. Um, as they flee, they clear the scene hilariously. Paul shows up and says, come on, guys, we gotta go. Emma says, should I take this chair? And jo- and <laughs> Ted says, I'll get the piano. And they clear the <laughs> stage. <laughs> it's great. That's amazing. Um. Then we get a another song that uh, fr- from here on out the show just moves like that's the thing. It does. It's like Act one starts so slowly and you get that kind of draggy feeling, but then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's just like everything just starts going. Yeah. Um. So we get America is great again, where out on the street they are attacked and Ted flees. He's then surrounded by the military who have been infected by the spore. So General McNamara is back, but he's singing now. They shoot mm-hmm. and infect Ted and then chase after Paul and Emma while they sing a song about how great America is. And this song is very obviously a political commentary on the peak of Trumpism in America, mm-hmm. which, like we said earlier, fits into the sci-fi setting because most sci-fi stories are, pardon me, parodies or commentaries on society. I get woobies from the song. And also that might be... Beca- because the way the audience reacts to the song mm-hmm. gives me chills like i love star kid musicals and how they're filmed because we get so much of like the audience's reaction embedded in our own takeaway mm-hmm. reaction from the musical mm-hmm. and this song they're like dead fucking silence and then yeah. they start making noise listening at the end. listening to the audience figure out this song mm-hmm. is an experience it really is so great it's this song is well done. It's very mm-hmm. well done. Uh, Paul and Emma escape to the chopper and celebrate prematurely because it's being driven by an alien mm. who then crashes said chopper. Emma's injured but sends Paul to blow up the meteor thinking that if he destroys the source, they'll all be saved. We then get a short little number called Let Him Come, which is a reprise of the opening number sung by the rest of the cast. Um, as the aliens await the arrival of their villain. It raises the question, honestly, as to whether the ensemble at the beginning of the show were aliens or not. Yeah. Um, Because they're singing the same song, just with different lyrics. Mm -hmm. We then get... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was like, part of me now thinks that, like... Maybe it was, because, like, why are they, like... Because they're asking Paul to join them in the first song, so I guess Mm -hmm. that makes... That makes sense now. Huh, yeah. Never noticed that before. Then we get Let It Out, in which Paul arrives at the meteor and is challenged by the aliens who encourage him to let the voice and song inside of him out. He has to fight off the music, struggling through choreography and singing. And uh, in the end, he is surrounded by the aliens and declares, I don't like musicals, <laughs> and then destroys the meteor. It's the way that I'm disappointed that we didn't get to hear more vocals from John from I John know. throughout this show. Because his voice is so good, and he fucking kills the Jekyll and Hyde breakdown here. Mm-hmm. Like, it, he's a new favorite Star Kid actor for me. Yes. He's I so know. good. This song's so good, and, like, I loved f- the buildup from finally, like, waiting to hear him sing. Because the whole time mm-hmm. we're like, Paul doesn't like musicals, so, like, when's Paul gonna fucking sing? So we know he's gonna have to sing. This is a musical. Mm-hmm. And I'm always blown away. It sounds so freaking good. Right? And I love his breakdown in this scene. It makes me more invested in Paul's character journey and, like, kind of mourn his character a little bit more in the yeah. end. And be like, oh, fuck. I like Paul. Mm-hmm. 
So then we find Emma in Clivesdale, the next town over, and she's being released from the hospital. She's told by a military officer that there was someone else who survived. Surprise! It's Paul. And we get the final number of the show. It's called Inevitable. Mm. And as they embrace, Paul begins to sing to Emma. He has been infected, and the pathogen is now spreading. Kind of like you see in the end of Little Shop of Horrors, mm-hmm. where like the final song is Don't Feed the Plants, and it's like the plants show up everywhere. Yeah. That's what's happening here. Um, the rest of the alien cast shows up on stage and tries to force Emma to join them while she runs about the stage <laughs> in horror, begging the audience for help. And all they're doing is clapping and laughing along. Uh, and the song then gives us little reprises of all the songs in the show. I really, I think they do a great job of ending the show Mm -hmm. with this ambiguity. Uh, It's a mark of a good sci-fi show where the audience leaves with questions and things to think about. I'm I'm not really sure what I'm thinking about or if I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. anything deep, but I like that I'm left with questions about the lore of the show. Like, at what point did everyone become an alien? Were they aliens at the beginning of the show? What does Mm -hmm. this mean within the world of Hatchetfield kind of thing? And also John singing a kick line is inevitable is a spiritual experience for me. So good. I love watching Paul be evil for one song. And I remember the first time I watched this musical, I don't remember if I was by myself or if I watched it with like y'all. But I just kind of sat there and I was like, wait, but like what happened to Emma? And I'm like, you dumb bitch. Kind of obvious what happened to her. And I was like, then I just get this like wave of like disappointment about her just not making it out and no one making it out. And I'm like, well, fuck. Mm-hmm. But I love all the compilation of the songs in the show. And then the, the closing number being driven with her shock and fear the whole time. And then the, it's just one fucking loop line. It gets me every <laughs> single time. It's hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's so, the end of the show. That is. Yeah. Dang. This show... I'm really trying to think of, like, why I, it's not my favorite. Because, like, it moved right? pretty quickly, this watch around. Like, the whole time I was, like, getting ready to watch it, I was like, oh, God, this is going to take all fucking forever, all day. Mm-hmm. And it barely took two hours of my time. Yeah. So, Alyssa, what are your favorite songs from this show? Ooh, okay. I love La Di Da Da Day, Not Your Seed, Show Stop and Number, and Let It Out. They're all super musical, theatery staple songs and are usually the ones, like, always stuck in my head after I watch this show, which is, like, the core reason why I like them so much. I really like Show Me Your Hands, America is Great Again, Let It Out, and Inevitable. Um, they're, they're the kind of, like, rocky, plot-driven ensemble number songs that really show uh, Jeff's writing in its best light, you know? Yes, I agree. So, he does yeah. a great rock p- rock poppy song mm-hmm. like wagon on fire in Oregon yes it's just like amazing so good um so yeah i really like his his big like rock ensemble mm-hmm. numbers yeah all right those are good favorite characters Alyssa. Ooh, all we all know bill is my fucking favorite character along with ted and professor hitchens they're all absolutely amazing side characters bill's got so much heart And then Ted and Professor Hitchens are just hilarious and super fucking camp the whole time. Um, (laughs) I'm, like, not the biggest fan of Emma and Paul. I like the grumpiness of Emma from the get-go. But, like, again, as we talked about, I just think it was because someone needed to survive. 
But I liked mm-hmm. Paul the further we got into it. Like, I like, I start off with Paul in a very neutral territory. Yeah. And then by the end, I'm like, bummed as fuck that he didn't make it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Ted, Bill, <laughs> and General McNamara. Um, yes. They're just great. They're super camp, super funny, entertaining to watch. What's disappointing to me about this show is, like you said, I don't particularly like Emma or Paul as main characters. But I guess that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. It's like the they, Bella they... Swan treatment, if you will. Like, all the other side characters right. are really great, and but she's our main character. And I'm right. not super invested in her as a person or a character. Well, and the thing is that for this show in particular, they kind of need to be plain and boring in order mm-hmm. to highlight the zaniness of the other characters, especially after they've been yeah. infected. Like, as people who don't like musicals, they have to be a little more static than the other characters yeah. in this musical. You know, yep. but it means that at the end, when they like at at the end, my relief isn't that one of them survived. It was that anyone survived, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that, again, is still great writing because it means that I felt the loss of the other characters heavily because the other characters were written to be so freaking likable, you know? Yeah, I agree. Like, we can't all be the super funny side characters. We do need the the main characters to kind of be like, mm, this is a bit too much for me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. in, in general, this just, it's not my favorite Star Kids show. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's so it's good. One of the soundtracks that I reach for the least. Yeah. There aren't that many songs in it. No. The book is great great both yeah in it's heartfelt and it's humorous moments and i don't question that it's some of their best work like mm-hmm. there's a reason that it kickstarted an entire series about hatchet field and all of these yeah. parallel universes but it's just very much not my fave yeah. i prefer its sister show black friday which we will cover eventually uh i think that the cast performances in this show are stellar as always, uh, and I loved meeting John and getting to see more yes. of Rob in this show because this isn't the first show he had done with Star Kid, mm-hmm. but we saw a lot more of him in this one than we did in Twisted. Yeah. Um, so I was really pleased to see both of their performances. All of the performances across the board are a 100 out of 10, and the show is They're a 10 so out of 10. Good. It's just not my favorite to watch. Yeah, I'm in that same camp. Like, there's nothing really wrong with this show like it's a very great show if i had to like choose something to like represent a great example of an ensemble show it would be this musical Mm -hmm. because like we get so much amazing ensemble acting our side characters are our favorite characters like it's a really great example of that i'm not really a big sci-fi person so like i don't reach for this show when i want to watch a star kid musical i usually go for twisted first because it's more Mm -hmm. my sort of show but, like, the songs and the writing are really, really, really great, though. And I love the parody concept of, like, sci-fi movies. And I also really loved Black Friday. And Black Friday stemmed from this show. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm here for all the Hatchetfield lore. Yeah, like, I would ne- I would never tell someone not to watch this show. Oh, yeah, if someone no. was like, I'm thinking about watching The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals. Did you like that? I'd be like, yeah, watch it. It's great. Yeah, it's a great time. It's, it's hilarious. Awesome. Um. But if, like, I'm going to sit with my friends who are also StarKid fans be like, guys, let's watch a StarKid show. What should we watch? This is not one that I'm going to choose. I've noticed that I I reach for Trail to Oregon quite frequently Mm -hmm. in friend settings because it's just 
a really great show for like a campy friend hangout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's the guy who didn't yeah. like musicals. It's a good show, and you should watch yeah. it. And it's yes, really really funny. It uh, is. But yeah, that's this it's one. a good one. It's a good solid beginner star kids show because it was one of the first ones I watched. Like I watched very potter musical because you have to watch that one Mm -hmm. twisted and this one as my first like three shows (laughs) the thing about this show is that it kind of started a new era for star kid like i think i look at star kid as having three Mm -hmm. sort of distinct eras you have the very potters Mm -hmm. you have the middle era where you get things like twisted and trail to oregon yeah and annie and starship and then you have this newest contemporary era, which is all the hatchet field stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and all three eras are good, but all three eras feel different. Yeah. And my sweetest spot is that middle era. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so I watched this and I'm like, okay, they're trying something new and they haven't quite figured it out yet. And then mm-hmm. by the time they get to Black Friday, they have oh. it figured out. And all of the, like, um, Nightmare Time, like, shorts that they do every Mm -hmm. Halloween. I'm like, this is amazing. They're doing great. They have this figured out. Absolutely. But they had to start this new era somewhere. Mm -hmm. And And this was the starting point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Still good. It's a solid start, man. It's a great start. Yeah. Um, They just improved on the era as Mm -hmm. it's gone on. So, yeah. I can't wait to talk about Black Friday Part 2. (laughs) <laughs> it took me so long to watch that musical. And then, like, my last semester of college, one of our friends, Allie, who was on this podcast before, she sat me down and we watched it together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, this is, like, the best fucking thing I've seen. It's so good. <laughs> Shall we do some Zillennial quiz taking? Yes. So today we're taking a, uh, sorry, a you quiz quiz mm-hmm. called Which the Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals Star Kid Character Are You? Yes. Um, so we'll see who we are on the other side. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling one of us might be Charlotte, but honestly, I just, I don't know. I'm just along for the ride. Yeah, I really don't know with this one. I have no guesses. No thoughts yeah. but empty. <laughs> so let's go, and we'll see y'all Ooh. on the other side. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yes! <laughs> okay, Alyssa, do you want to go first? Yes, let me pull okay. it over. Okay, I got Bill, you guys. Me too! Oh my god! And I love his little quote. He said this was a full bar. How am I supposed to make a Shirley Temple without any cherries? <laughs> Sweet, Sweet and kind like Bill, you would do anything for those you care about. You are a true bean, but you're supposed to be, but you're prepared to kick some heads and be the best designated driver. I love this result. I'm so here for this. I love this man. Also, I need everyone to know. I need everyone to know, one of the questions in this quiz is, like, choose a video game, and one of the options is Nintendogs. Alyssa, how do you pronounce it? How, how do you say the name of that video I game? I say Nintendo Dogs. I'm okay? so upset by this. I so much prefer that to the alternative. <laughs> oh. Nintendo Dogs. They are dogs in a Nintendo game. Right. That's why it's Nintendogs. Nintendogs does not roll t- off the tongue as easily. You take easily. the word Nintendo and you add a G-S at the end. Nintendogs. I just don't like how that flows. <laughs> I would like to say Nintendo and then say dogs too. I want two full <laughs> words. So I don't upset. want to combine them. I want two different words. 
I've definitely been pronouncing that like that my whole life since I had my own Nintendo DS. <laughs> I'm so upset, Alyssa. Where can I they find so... our podcast? You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. If you listen to your podcast on Spotify, oh my God, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, subscribe and give us a five-star rating because we want people to find us. You can also connect with us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at T-Squee. Or if you have longer thoughts, go ahead and send us an email at tandsquee at gmail.com. That's T, the letter N, squee at gmail.com. I don't have anything that I want you to send me this week. No. Take a nap. Yeah. Take a Do nap. That. Take a nap. Watch a musical. Yeah. It's a cold and flu season. It's starting early this year. It really is. Trust me. I'm feeling it. So, um. It's also the prime ragweed season yeah she is upon us besties and so it's i mean this more than any other time i've said it hydrate stay hot and stay hydrated and take your fucking allergy medicine yeah dude all right y'all we'll see you next time all right y'all bye, bye.